This is Melissa Marino. You're listening to Theatrics, sponsored by the Trump Arts Administration. Hey, Maggie. Hey, girl. Guess what? <gasps> I'm going to guess. <laughs> they say it's your birthday. Oh, they do. It's they my birthday, it's my- too. Shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. And you know what? We're in a room with all Aquarians. All Aquarians. Yeah, you, know what? The the, you know what this sounds? This seems like it's a great moment for a song. It does. Again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we this introduced. the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Aquarius. Bam. Love my backup vocals. I, I know. We're so not performers, are we, Maggie? Welcome we, to Samantha that is, that is not true. I have seen Maggie perform on a stage in front of an audience. Yeah, and she gave me, like, an hour before we performed, she was like, don't drink whiskey. And then she pointed directly at me, and I was like, girl, what? It's too late for that. Uh, if only I had taken my own advice. So this is a very special Aquarian broadcast. Aquarians so, only. Theatrical. Right. That's right. Theatrics. And we have Woo. Samantha Eve. Hey, and yo. then uh, later, we ha- or coming right up, we have Bonnie and Ken They're of Dogs. That's right. They're going to be doing Earth Duet at Center Stage starting the very beginning of February, That's February right. 2nd, the t- first two weeks. And it will be part of their Relevant Action series, which is all about speaking truth to power. Yeah, and the environment, which is yeah. especially, unfortunately, poignant to us right now. Yeah, it's pretty timely. Yeah. Right. After our fires and our mudslides and our apocalypse, I'm and waiting And our president who doesn't believe that global warming is I thing. know, right? <laughs> so let's get to it. All right. Welcome back. Thank you, Bonnie and Ken, for joining us. We're here with Drama Dogs. E. Bonnie Lewis, who yes. we've discussed. We don't call her E. <laughs> Just no. Bonnie. Just Bonnie. And Ken Gilbert. You from can call Dar- me Ken. Okay, I will call you Ken. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. Thanks Thank for you. coming in. Okay, fun. Really fun. So we're excited about your upcoming show. Now, yeah. this is called Earth Duet and Other Stories. And we're performing yes. it. You're performing it at Center Stage. Center Stage. We open February 2nd. Perfect. Now, give me the general gist of what's going on with this. Go, Ken. It started in 2015 when we joined up with this Climate Change Theater Action. It's an international movement of collaborating theater artists, playwrights, directors, actors who want to become involved in some sort of action to understand what's going on in the climate. So we found a piece that we fell in love with called Earth Duet by E.M. Lewis. We'd mm-hmm. oh, yeah. You've worked with we her met, before. We've worked we with met, her many times. We now. met her at Playfest. Right. Oh, and because okay. of meeting her at Playfest, we created a, an opportunity to work with her more intimately when we did eight short plays by E.M. Lewis. Call, we called it Dance Me to the End of Love. Right. And we love her work. She's she's an a incredible craftsman about making something happen in a short period of time. She helps, mm-hmm. she helps set up situations and or characters in a very efficient way. One thing that I loved that was work that you guys sort of, you used some of it, but you were telling me about this, Bonnie, about plays in cars. And yes. just like short, that. short plays short. that were in cars. And well, that's, vignettes. I think that's a really good example of what you're talking about. It's you get into a car and you look and then a scene happens. Well, they lost the their venue. And so they wanted to not lose their audience. Uh, so they, they parked the a bunch of cars in a row. In LA. Yeah. And then they did short plays and they were called the, play, the car plays. Right. And so people would get inside the car and the actors would play out this play. And then the people would move on to the next car. Wow. Yeah. So that, it was like concept. a traveling audience. All the cars were lined up, and then people would go in and out of these different cars, and the actors were in the car, and the scene would happen all around you while you're in the cars, which I, you know, especially now, it's like, well, how many different venues can we use? Right. So, where <laughs> well, can you do theater? And some of these the were pretty place. intense. Like, it wasn't yes. like you go and you get sort of like la- like la- laughable conversation between friends here and there. Right. Like, you go and you see a really intense you scene. Well, the two, intense the two scene. car plays that we did, one was a father and son. Mm-hmm. The son was leaving for service that his father didn't want to agree with. Right. He didn't want him to go off into the service. The uh, and, and the other was... Uh, Brother who assisted his do- his sister's suicide. Yeah, yeah so it's it's heavy, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And she calls herself a Betty Crocker writer. <laughs> 
What does that mean to <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> well, when you see her in her physical appearance, she's not something extraordinary in regards to how she does makeup and hair. She just sits there as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then she creates these incredible things out of her imagination. And hearing her, hearing her check in at the, the uh, Playfest the following year she just talks about how the characters possess her and they she hmm. takes she steps to side and lets them let the characters play. speak and it actually was em whose name is ellen who introduced us or said hey you guys you might want to do this and she's hmm. the one who hooked us up with climate change theater action okay. right. who's run by chantal i remember chantal's first name one of the artistic directors of this and in 2015 it came up in alignment with the paris Paris right. talks, Accord. Paris, Paris Accord, climate, yeah. climate change, and so that the premise is playwrights contribute anywhere from two to five page short scripts, and then you, fellow artists, they just perform these scripts within a certain amount of time, like royalty-free, royalty-free, and mm-hmm. it turned out to be the amount of time that the the agreements were going on. Oh, so it was like oh, you know during the whole month of like mid November to December when whenever it was. The I don't remember. The first one in 2015. The first one in 2015, and you could you could do and present and perform however you want. There were many organizations. It was in universities and sometimes in a theater class. They would just take a bunch of plays and they would read them. Naturally, we had to do something else with it, but doesn't matter. We just did what we did. We ended mm-hmm. up doing the first climate change theater action. Uh, creation that we developed was we did it three times in one day so the first time we did it Kenny and I read the show read the play mm-hmm. and then he teaches Nia so we did a Nia class and then, and we, then read we read the and then we read the play again to okay so now you've just had this movement experience and now right. you've had this play experience and then how do you integrate movement because that's what mm-hmm. drama dogs is all about anyway right then we went to city college and Bonnie taught and a I yoga taught class a yoga was... class so we read the oh. play then we did a yoga class yes yoga and then we read the play again you knew I had to get you in then we read the play again, and okay, so now from this yoga place, where are you? And then in the evening, we did it in an art gallery, and instead of just Ken and Bon reading the play, we actually aligned with one of the professors at City College, Adam Green, is a teaches environmental studies and is very active in the community, and we worked with a, a, poet, a poet, a poet, so we integrated poetry, um, Adam's information powerpoint powerpoint information and the play and that was when we found out that we ended up creating a sonata because we did the play then we deconstructed the play hmm. and be inter- we would be interrupted by 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 either a poem or adam explaining hmm. this is the environmental concept now that really is happening. This is what, what the play is addressing. Exactly. Or what does being a good steward of the earth, which is one line from the play, is what does that mean? And then he had diagrams and stuff. And then afterwards, we obviously, we discussed, because drama dogs, we have to have discussion and treats. <laughs> <laughs> discussion, food, and drink. And then we're nice. good. That's, I mean, it sounds like... So that was 2015. That, and, yeah. then, okay. and then in 2017... Wait, pause. They, yeah. pause. I have a question, and anyone can answer. When you say that's how you, you realized that you had created a sonata... Yeah. Well, we didn't. We didn't know. We didn't, we didn't know. know what we had done. This. I, this is how I've always liked to do theater: or deconstruct or mm-hmm. to reconstruct, or however it might be. We do plays. We also do original work, mm-hmm. and this became an original process to deconstruct and then reconstruct. So we, everyone heard the play three times. Eric Valinsky, who is our musical director, mm-hmm. he's been with us now for three three projects, and he'll be with you for, for Earth sure. Earth. Yes, and he'll this be right. with us for Earth Through It. He got very excited after we saw it, and he said, you just did a sonata, which is about learning to listen differently. Oh, okay. So the deconstruct is to help the listener, or in this case, the observer, see it differently. And so the experience then became a deepening of what is my personal experience? I hear it, it's deconstructed, inserted, and then redone. Mm. And that's, it's an exciting process. It made sense to me when I, I looked at the idea of changing it up. Yeah, because hearing the hearing it is very hearing Earth duet is very lyrical. It's a wonderful piece, but well, this makes it more important. And I I love the idea of pairing it with movement. And I know that that is part of your That's process. Our thing. Yeah, yes. it's part of your uh, you know sort of your vision. 
Um, but even pairing it with Nia or pairing it with yoga, I mean, for me, when I do yoga, I become very connected to the universe around me. So it makes sense that you would take something that really has a message that's, that's immediate, that's now, and pair it with a way that makes the audience really feel themselves, feel the earth. Like, it, it makes sense to me. Well, that's, yes. and I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, okay, so you, who's to say that all these modalities have to be separate? Why right. can't you integrate this, this activity and this activity, and then in that integration, a whole third thing ends up evolving? Now, tell so, me how you guys use movement in your work in general, and then we'll talk about how you use it in Earth Duet. We, it's very interesting. We, we work from the inside out. That's our catchphrase. Mm-hmm. And working from the inside out means we address the spine of an individual as long or short, wide and narrow, advance and retreat. Then we work with body center. Where is the person driving their life forward? And then we work with gesture. So the process becomes an evolution. It's fun to work with people that have other traditional, more traditional modalities of learning with the intention, the objectives, and all the things that they learn, depending on their school. Our school has been, or our process has been, from a dance background through Bonnie, and in my work, body-centered work. It was just the way that I learned acting 40-plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a way of addressing, without thought, how does a person move and behave? It's very interesting for both Bonnie and I. We are, are so involved in the process of movement first that we don't even think anymore and can create backstory within moments mm-hmm. rather than figuring out a psychological behavior mm-hmm. background of a character. And I, when I was talking with Maggie the other day, it was funny because I started revisiting what we're doing because this is our 25th year of doing theater. Right. Oy, that's oy, incredible. Oy, that's an, in that's an incredible Santa Barbara. We have like eight. Independent. Independent. Santa Barbara. Is there anyone else? So Yes, there's, three, there's two others. Who are the two Boxtails others? Boxtails and okay. Lit Boxtails and Lit We all came onto the scene within the same e- okay. year and a half. That's yeah. interesting. Hmm. There's three of so, us. And they still exist. Like all, yeah. We all, all three do. Yeah, that's, that's With incredible. different modalities. That's what's yep. interesting. They're all different very different. different. Very different. Yeah. So and when yet we we're started, all very physical. That's mm-hmm. what's interesting, that's too, is we're all very physically based. So we started off with breath, movement, sound. That was the basis. Because I... My experience is, and it, it just makes sense to me, you don't act from the neck up. I mean, you can make your choices <laughs> and you think about it, but when you're finally on stage, an audience person is looking at all of you when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. They're not just listening to the words that come out of your head. Not The nonverbal palette is what we resonate with, really. That's our first language. So <laughs> breath, movement, sound, and it has evolved a little bit, but we still go back to that. And it's really not all that new. Michael Chekhov had this whole thing with the... Um, gesture, the psychological gesture, where you would come up with a sentence and then you would come up with a movement that would go with your Hmm. sentence. The premise being you want to activate your whole body in order to create, well, think, what what does an actor do? You're telling a story and you're creating a human being and you're using your whole body, it's called acting, and you're creating (laughs) this whole, and you're having a moment and you're moving through space and hopefully you're impacting and affecting an audience member. And by working one, with the limbic eight, resonance, one. the limbic resonance is that part of our brain right. that is, is uh, empathic, sympathetic, mm-hmm. and we will reach inside the experience of the physical gesture and form as much mm. as the intellectual words. So we tend to go, I always call it like, it's <laughs> instead of going in through the front door, we're going through the kitchen. Bottom up. <laughs> you know, we're going in through the kitchen. We're yeah, going in, up. it's like, let's just come bottom on in, up. let's just... Find your breath. You don't have to figure anything out yet. You know, you read your part and you'll get a couple hunches. Okay, that's great. So start breathing a little bit as you're yeah. thinking about your person. Okay, th- as you're thinking about your person, where do they move from? Okay, and just say a line, have fun. Yeah, so I it, think oh, oh, that um, actors have a tendency to cling to the first reading they give. You mm-hmm. know? Right. And, and mm-hmm. I think when, you, which is efficient (laughs) but um when you really request that that you go back to your body and the physicality of the of the persona you're creating then i think you get new that's one way to break through those habits it's true in 2015 we did a a farce something brand new for us we have done structured plays we've also done original uh, compilations of things in boondoggle estate was something that we met at the play fest 
in 2015, we did a, a stage reading, which was really interesting being a farce. It relied on a lot of physical action. So I was on stage as a conductor in center stage. Hmm? 2016. It wasn't no. 2015. No, it was 2015. It was September of 2015. No, September no. of 2016. 2016. But Playfest but was okay. Playfest. in 2015. Boondoggle was 2016. 2016. Was it? All right, then yeah. it was January. It doesn't 20, even right. matter. It Time doesn't. is it was relative. A while ago. Time yeah. is very relative. Yeah. Okay, Let's so 2016. Drink in, January, <laughs> in January, we did the reading, and, and right. I had to be the orchestrator, the conductor of the action, which made it really fun. People were laughing out of their seats with a reading, so we realized that we wanted to embrace the show, so we pr produced it in September of that year, 2016. And in doing that, we, I wanted to spend eight weeks dealing with farcical characters, which mm. was fun. Yeah. We got to go inside and play with how does this move the, the action along. It was a delightful experience and very fulfilling in regards to how our process works. When, when I direct, when Bonnie directs, we have different aspects of how we direct, but we're always looking to feel. We're looking to sense first and then hear. And so the, the words became the vehicle to communicate these incredibly wonderful characters, which is what we're doing with our current piece. One thing that I thought, so I, I liked Boondoggle Estate, and I'm not a big farce person, but I thought it was funny. And one thing that was so interesting was when I first saw you guys rehearsing, there in the Boondoggle, there's this this bit about slowly I turn and it's I looked it up because I was curious it's a classic it. vaudeville it's, bit exactly it's it's one of those things that it's like the joke that's told a million times by everyone and I didn't know that but I remembered it from like I love Lucy or something and what I enjoyed seeing was how you took a classic vaudevillian bit and really infused it with actual character yeah and that was interesting to me I'm so interested in like where Film Where and gesture TV come and together, gesture. Yeah. yeah, because mm -hmm. it's very, it's very different. And so when you <laughs> combine is. them, it creates a really interesting viewing experience. It does, yeah. But and a lot of those early actors that you're talking right. about, you know, came up from came vaudeville from that place and mm -hmm. pushed mm -hmm. from vaudeville to TV or vaudeville to radio to TV, right? And so they kind of transferred, or or you know, just the DNA. Of it just it kind of, is yeah, the DNA. We, because of the passing of Mary Tyler Moore, I came home one evening mm. this last year. I came mm -hmm. home one evening. I told Bonnie, I said, "Let's watch Dick Van Dyke." Yeah, we have been we have been every night. We call it DVD time, where we just spend time. <laughs> And his vaudeville quality of movement and her ability yeah. to be the brilliant. straight person brilliant. to him is yeah. brilliant. And it's still She was a loud. dancer. So yes, she was. I can see it. And he's a yeah. mover. And oh, together they just, they were in magical combination. Well, actually the ensemble of the six or seven people yeah. together. And so we've been enjoying that vaudeville kind of mm -hmm. humor. Yeah. But I want to go back to what Anna said when you were referring to having the movement mm -hmm. and... Yeah, I mean, sometimes shows are put up in three weeks, and you kind of have to go with your, you know, your initial First gut, punch. and then you right. go, blah, blah. So yeah. I, I understand that. For me personally, when I have my movement, we use the frame movement handles, I have a little bit more leeway, and I feel that my character can grow and develop. I'm not stuck in this one thing. Sure, I'm going to move in the same place on the stage, you know, because I don't want to throw off everybody. But what's happening to me inside, because I'm breathing the character, or I'm moving the character, mm -hmm. it's, I'm also open to experiencing and hearing dialogue in, mm -hmm. a, in, a, in a deeper way or in a different way. Or like, whoa, well, I, really? That's what you're saying? You know, so for me personally, then I feel like I have more permission. Yeah. And I, I've given myself permission, and I've made my few physical choices, and that's my anchor, that calm, that settles me. Now I don't have to think. I got my character, I'll shift my body this way. Okay, I don't have to think. Okay, I don't have to like, well, what am I feeling in this moment? Well, my character's <laughs> like this, I'm good. Okay, fine. And then as, as the scene unfolds, or as a moment unfolds, then I'm staying open to what's going on. It's about staying present. Oh, it's that other yoga thing. So it's a it's a moment of, <laughs> it, but it enables me to it enables me to stay present and and fluid also because yeah. human beings aren't static and right. you you do something, and you know I get bored easily. So if, as long as I do, I get you know okay. Yeah, that's kind of a paradox of acting. Yeah, that, that you have to be present in the moment as though it's mm -hmm. happening for the first time, 
And yet, really, you know all you, your lines. You know exactly where you're moving. You know exactly. where everyone else right. is going to move. And that's right. <laughs> so you, you've and got this. It, you know what's happening. It's kind of like life. How sometimes we would wish it would be. Right. Yeah. And when it clicks, exactly. it's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. In our current piece, there's two. There's two small plays <laughs> oh, that are intellectual. You guys got to see. And it's, it's tough to. It was tough for us to begin the unlocking. Mm-hmm. Because it took the actors, in, in both cases, it took the actors to just keep doing it again and again and again. Because I'm not an authoritative director. I'm a, a collaborator. Mm-hmm. So I want the actors to come with some information. How do they want to explore their character? Then how do we co- collaborate this co-creation of a play? So what? tell me about the premise okay. of these short this. pieces that we're going to be seeing within Earth Duet. Yeah, one one is we're, we're working with uh, Justin... And Nita, Devonzo, uh, from of Dogstar, of Dogstar, who are collaborating with you. You guys yeah. are the dog theater. We're company. the dog theater. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Drama dogs and Dogstar dogs, dogs, were so happy. Yeah. We met Nita a <laughs> year ago at the Ghostlight Project. Right. She introduced herself to us. We had no idea that we would click as we do. We we went over to for for an evening with them, and we mm-hmm. spent what was it five or six hours yeah. talking to them nonstop. Our backgrounds are different, but same. And we had fun with that. And there's also an age difference. So it was just fun to find this kindred between, mm-hmm. between the two companies. So I wanted to work with, with Justin and with Nita together in a p- particular piece because I thought they would have fun not only being physical but also just working together. And it has been absolutely fulfilling and a delightful experience. He comes on stage as an actor who is going to bring about this idea of what happened with ancient poetry of Sappho. Mm, where it's right. all fragments, and how do the fragments then come together to make a real piece? And last night at rehearsal, it was truly moving. I think there'll be some mm. little teary th- moments with, with that particular piece, the idea of this ancient woman poet who is coming more forward. As, oh, Maggie, you'll like this one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is a Maggie one. It's a Maggie yeah. moment. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, you'll it's, like this And one. it's so much fun to work with them and their physicalities. And, and then the other one is, is about uh, the elements, 399 elements. Mm. It comes from India. And mm. the, we think more of the four or five elements in the world uh, of air, fire, water, earth, and right. metal or wood. But in this the one... The Captain Planet elements... Yeah. <laughs> the only person who knows what I'm talking about is Samantha Eve, <laughs> who is also a millennial. That's fine. Just gloss over it. Keep going. So now what does that mean? Tell, come on. Well, there was a cartoon, and it was Captain Planet, and he had the five elements, and they all uh, rings, and they would get together. She didn't watch Captain Planet. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, Please so, continue with your actual story as opposed to my nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so then in Nostalgia is good. 300, ah. 399. And what do we do with that? And it's taken the three of us, the, the actor and the playing. actress, and, and the, uh, Bonnie is working with the young man we worked with before, Ugh. Mac. And we were creating this piece. What's that in, noise? He says Mac, and she's like, Ugh. No, it's not Mac. It's the play. It's, oh, the play. It's set, I thought maybe you were just really attracted to Mac, who's a very attractive guy. Right, and yeah. I'm old enough to be his grandmother, so come on. Um, I know, I'm old, not dead. This is his but third, fourth Mac time. Mac Urbanakowitz. What's his Urbanowitz. last name? Urbanowitz. So yeah. Mac Urbanowitz. He's delightful. Very, I think he's great. He's, he's wonderful, and he's wonderful to work with. The, I'm just responding to the play. It is, mm. It's so esoteric, and it's so out there. So then as an actor, how you make sense of that mm-hmm. and how you offer that, and, and who am I in this? You know, so it it's anyway. Sorry. Mac is also an eagle. Yes. I so love is Nita. That. She's also an eagle. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. <laughs> about yes. They're an eagle. They're eagles in the dump. In the dump. In overlooking the dump. a dump. And the dump sort of personifies this idea that we've destroyed the earth. I think. That's right. We've oh. yes. we failed. And, and then there are people who come through as tourists to look at the to eagles. To watch the eagles. Because in the there's dump. sort of a last vestige of what's left of our earth. It, I love it. Mm, and they're so well, snarky, snarky eagles. Yeah. And then we have frogs. And frogs. On frogs. their pond, which is full of algae pond, now. Right. Which is, and it's affecting the frogs. <laughs> it so, sounds kind of Greek. It really does all around. Yeah, it is. definitely. It is. And then in between, there's the sort of poetic expression of yeah. the earth. It is mm. like a, it is very Greek. So it's almost, um, so it's, it's it's not a plot bound no no evening it's an evening of almost almost musical with its sense of 
Well, we do have music accompaniment, music. yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And with its sense of music and lyric and song. I'm not song, but, uh, you know, lyric poetry. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. way that it flows from and, one yeah. to the other. It's very, song, yeah, exactly. It's not a... I don't know if this is the right word, Anna, maybe you I. can help me with this. It's almost like an homage mm. to the earth mm. and what is happening now, what could possibly happen where is their hope? Where is their fear? Where yeah. is their, mm. we don't know if we're going to get past this. Yeah. So Ken was brilliant in integrating these, these five plays and you six. go on, six plays and you go on an emotional journey with them. But like you say, it's not plot driven. Each little two to five page or three to five page um, play is presenting something i think what what we liked about it is not preachy yeah you know mm-hmm. i it's very I, hopeful yeah, yeah i don't I want so. i don't want people to come to the audience and feel like they've been lectured that's like that's not fun <laughs> you know i want them to be entertained and then if they choose to yeah. you know do Engage something with, with that the right if they well okay maybe we'll go to the zoo and we'll find out more about what's going on with yeah. frogs really or what's going on with a rat you know there's this huge raptor program so well now you know, with right. with yeah. the the mudslides that have just occurred in santa barbara mm-hmm. what the wildlife is going through to be oh, yeah. restored right. Yeah. Right. i was hearing a report today from uc davis which is where bonnie and i met oh. that they were doing some some healing of the pads of the bears right. oh. and also the cats the bears were more receptive to the the healing process of their pads mm-hmm. the cats were part of it but not in the same way mm-hmm. so it's just fascinating that we are caught in this now we can't turn away from it when we have the earth changing so radically. Yeah. I mean, we have the most dramatic realization of climate change just in here. our backyard here. In two yeah. months. Yes. In yes. what was now two months. And who would have known the mountain would fall? We no, didn't know yeah, the mountain would yeah. fall down. Or at least yeah. not in the way that it did. Right. We right. expected it to be perhaps right. more slowly, gradually. But I but think that's as- that's the idea with, with all of climate change is people are like, oh, you know, maybe a million years in the future the earth won't be viable anymore. But what you guys are doing is really saying, no, you need to look at the immediate eventuality. Well, I think I think they're saying, Maggie, that they're not pressing this idea of the immediate reality. Okay, yeah. That they're creating... They're not a, lecturing, but they're, they're presenting. They're, they're making, you know, kind of a bridge to a way of imagining... Right. ...a maybe copacetic future or a better future yeah but i think that's one thing we have is a is a crisis of imagination of about how it could be better you know right we're so locked into kind of resources and nation Mm -hmm. states and it's boring or it's 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 like that those are our terms for talking about why is the environment political yeah that's bizarre to me I know everyone right. should be it's really not. concerned about it because we all yeah. live here. We all live on Earth. Right. We apparent I don't. I, but <laughs> I'm just visiting here other from than another Anna. planet right. for this podcast. But, and we can um, call it global warming, but that's a little specific. Whereas if we call it climate change, mm, that mm, can yeah. be more embraced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and so this is a I mean, that's what theater does. It it allows us different ways to imagine something. Yes. So great. That's well, it's very sweet that the opening play that, that interrupts Earth Duet is called Homo Sapiens. Mm-hmm. And it's about discovering the people in the audience as being, wait, you're the ancestors of me. <laughs> Bonnie plays this woman who says, comes in and goes, I will be your evolution after six extinctions. Oh. I'm Homo Evolutus. <laughs> yeah. Versus homo the sap- Homo Sapiens. The wise humans have right. become Homo Evolutus, the evolved. And yet you're human. still trying to feed the animals in the zoo. Always. <laughs> Always, yeah. And she has. I a, feel like that's just a Bonnie specific thing. It not is. necessarily <laughs> a character choice. <laughs> it no, it's a Bonnie. Bonnie choice. Like, I feel like cats. this character like, would feed the yes, animals. Yes, I just, right. I don't know. Chocolate. So I think yeah. we need to know the nitty gritty. Like, where oh. do we show up? I know it's. How do we the, do this? Yeah. How do we experience how, this? How do we go to your show? <laughs> It's at center stage. We open you on February walk, 2nd. You could take the bus. There are alternate It's Groundhog's Day. You know that. Oh, right? oh no, oh, we didn't. Yes, it wasn't does. even it thinking about that. That's fabulous. Groundhog's Day. So we open February <laughs> 2nd. Ken, are you going to? Yes, center so stage? we're on February 2nd, 3rd, 8th, and 9th at 8 p.m. Oh. 
On February 4th, we have a 2 and 5 p.m. show. And then on February 11th, we have a 2 p.m. show. So we are at center stage. We decided to uh, celebrate 18. Because hmm. this is 2018. Mm -hmm. And it's also a celebration to life, a Jewish word for 18. Because mm. the number 18 means chai, and chai means chai. life. Oh. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, to the life of the theater, to the life mm -hmm. of the planet, to I the like life it. of the arts. Mm -hmm. So cheers. ticket price, yeah, cheers. cheers. So ticket prices are $18 just across the board. Straight, Any, straight, across. straight across the board. $18. Homo all Homo sapiens. All Homo $18. sapiens welcome. <laughs> this also is a kind of show where. Um, I, I think younger people can come. I think, I think like so. thirteen year old, you know. Oh, there's no vulgar young language. Teens. There's yeah, no there's swearing no, at all. Yeah, and it's it's very accessible for all ages. I think. I think. I mean, as long as your kids are old enough to like sit in a theater for an to hour. <laughs> but and once the, you hit that age where they can handle, like, I think they so, would enjoy it because yeah. it's humorous. It's funny. It's lighthearted. Mm -hmm. It really takes an optimistic tone. And nothing is that long. You know, you don't have to sit with anything yeah, the attention that long. For each that piece was is good, brief. Samantha. Okay. You don't have Sam to, is just pouring Sam ice all is over pouring the floor. Ice. Did you spill again, dear heart? Okay. <laughs> this is the second time she's been here. This is the second time she's exploded a drink all she's over the spiller. place. She's so, telling me to stop talking. Okay, and I will not. So I Two second pause, yeah, let's pause. For, for, for Sam's uh, ethos. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> So I, no, I actually would just like to repeat that we do open yes. February 2nd, Great. 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So that's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then the following week is the February 8th and 9th. That's a Thursday and a Friday. We are not performing on Saturday, and then we perform again on Sunday. Great. And okay. it is at Center Stage Theater, which is in the Paseo Nuevo Mall. And all that info exactly. is probably on Center Stage's website. It's on the Center Stage yeah. website is on our Facebook Drama Dogs page. Okay. And... Um, all my, all our friends who will be sharing the information, it'll be on their Facebook pages. Yeah, it'll be and on, it'll be on um, this pod's it'll be page. On our, this pod's page. page. Thank you so much. And um, yeah. The intention is to allow people to look at how they feel and think Great. about yeah. climate change. Just look at it, feel it for a moment. Well, thank you for coming, and thank you for your years of service to this community. I know, 25 yeah. years. 25 years. 25 years have been doing this. I know, I was like, oh, That's gosh. a Labor major feat. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, so after this year, I'll give it up and go into horseback riding. <laughs> I'm not sure, but we'll figure something out. Yeah. Who knows right. what's going to happen in the next 25 years. Right. She can be still for about three months, and then we have to do something. <laughs> Lumping on thank stage. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, guys. It is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I'm here with Anna Jensen, Samantha Eve, Yo. Maggie Yates, all Aquarians. <laughs> We're here. Yes, indeed. We're happening. It is the age of Aquarius. <laughs> Although I welcome all of you. I'm on the mm -hmm. cusp of Pisces, so I kind of feel like I should announce you know what? that. Whatever Sit that means. down <laughs> and stop talking if that is the case. I'm an emotional person, Maggie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. Let's get Samantha on track, though, because no one arguably knows the pulse of the Santa Barbara theater scene better than Samantha. That is true. I like, love hearing that my crazy theater OCD is a plus on this. On it's this pretty incredible. Thing. Like, like uh, my claim to fame is I have a spreadsheet, right? But you just have like a weird yeah. like inner... Yeah. encyclopedia okay. of all the knowledge of everything. Okay, number one, if you are listening and you are not following up on Broadway World <laughs> and Playbell.com, for God's sake, get get what are you doing? Get get on yeah, it. It's get easy. Your deal and together. number two is it's a small town, and I fully believe that the more theater you see, the stronger the theater community will be. So. Oh yeah, oh, and absolutely. that rhymed so. Extra Look at her; she's a yeah, poet. Extra points. But it's true; like it all grows together, right? If everybody learns from one production. And then everybody becomes on that level and you move mm -hmm. on from there. Mm -hmm. And also, it, like, I feel like in Santa Barbara, there's been a long period of time where people haven't felt like there has been a theater community, a true theater right. community where people are united and trying to build recognition for the theater in Santa yeah. Barbara. But now that there is, the more theater there is, the more educated people in Santa Barbara will be about theater. And yeah. so it's not a competition. It's it's No, it's, it's a, a community. It's a team sport. Yeah. A, yeah, absolutely. It's a community. 
It's dodgeball without any targets. But there's, is that even dodgeball? There's one hitch in our giddy up, <laughs> though, you guys. Uh oh, what's that? And it's that there are men out there who can sing and dance, and they're not fucking and they're auditioning. Not auditioning, and they're not auditioning for American <laughs> Idiot. What are you doing? What 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 are you doing? Like out of the box. <laughs> Theater company is very progressive in terms of the fact that we like to give lady roles yeah. to good, strong female. In performers. fact, one of our favorite productions that we have done um, oh my has God, been Lizzie, Lizzie, which was a four-woman show, all females, all kick-ass females, and it was yeah. incredible, belting their faces off and just generally owning this. So Santa we wanted Barbara. to like <laughs> just give a little nod to the men. So we're doing American Idiot. Yeah, yeah, but, and and we need some dudes that can sing some Green Day, American Idiot. By that, yeah, obscure American musical. <laughs> okay, band. people listening to this, if you do not think you know who Green Day is, which my father you do. also does not think he knows who Green Day is, you do. Just think, I walk this lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's home to me, and I walk alone. Oh. oh. Oh, 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 and so yeah, you know Green Day. Yeah, yeah, we know Green definitely Day. do. You've heard those three words before. <laughs> so when and where do people need to show up? Okay, well, generally they they really email. should email before yes. they just show up. So we so we make sure we have like ten minutes of time dedicated to them. Yeah, to show us what they got. Allah, you know. American Idol. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if you please email um, info at outoftheboxtheater.org, and that's T-H-E-A-T-R-E, because we're nerds, we believe, we firmly believe that theater with an R-E is... It theater in confidence. a form yeah. and theater as in an ER is a location. It's one of the very tenets of our like entire. <laughs> it's, it's a life philosophy. <laughs> okay. So, and we'll put that link on, on the, on the theatrics website. Thank you. We would yeah. love to see you yeah, there. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. And, and it's a fun show. It's a new yes. show. It's a huge of- show for Out of the Box. It's honestly one of the biggest shows we've taken on. And we would love to have as much of a Santa Barbara presence as possible involved right. in it. Because that's what a- we're all about. I mean, yeah. we're about Although, personally, Santa Barbara theater. How, I wonder how can you best... Rocky Horror Picture Show, which mm. which I saw that was shockingly successful. It was really <laughs> was well it shocking though because people love Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like people how do love Rocky Horror, it? and I love Rocky Horror, and I love the production that we put on. Honestly, like I would rather watch our cast of oh, 2017 yeah. Rocky oh, yeah. Horror Show than watch the movie yeah, any day too. of the week. I felt like they added so yeah. much to the story, they did, yeah. and they were such fantastic. They were all such fantastic performers. Yeah, but. American Idiot is a very different kind of show, and I think it's extremely timely. It talks a lot about whether or not it's worth it to speak up and protest versus mm. just living sort of an apathetic political life and right. going along with the government that you do not feel I'm looking represented at you, by. Millennials. I'm looking at you. <laughs> You're looking directly at directly. Me? What's with I that voting say, turnout? Ameri- anyway. So American Idiot is one of those shows that I saw after it came out but i watched it and oh god you I sobbed was, i don't i <laughs> heard all about it you I, sobbed it was a lot bad. i just like <laughs> sobbed the whole thing and the people next to me were like what is wrong with this girl but there was something about it that i really felt like whatever you want to say about american idiot like for me it spoke to that idea of like you are the generation that is sort of there's a lot of expectations around you, but not a lot of opportunity. And you have to kind of like grow in those cracks. Not unlike my succulent collection. Mm, succulents. Mm. I knew they I were going to make yeah, their way they, into this podcast. I, I, I they make their way part everywhere. Part of the show is about the process of that growth, about yeah. how you do grow from a, a young adult and from a child into an adult, how you develop into your adult self and what exactly that's supposed to be. Is that supposed to be the idea of what you think an adult is? Mm-hmm. Or is that sort of where you are now but – you know, committing to things, committing to relationships, committing to jobs, committing to things that take up your time and take up yeah. your energy, mm-hmm. but are worth it in the long run because you feel committed and passionate about them. Yeah. Except in the case of the heroin addict. 
Subplot. Well, I mean, it's subplot. <laughs> there's even, no, but I think that's important because well, there's, sometimes there's heroin does. Where Johnny, take up all your Johnny, life. the lead character, does deal with uh, heroin addiction yeah. and drug addiction in a big way, and mm-hmm. whether or not he chooses to get involved in a relationship that would require investment, personal and emotional investment, or just invest himself further into his addiction, mm-hmm. is a big part of the plot. And there is a there is a scene where he. Uh, oh my gosh! Take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where he gets an office job, a nine to five. And I think, honestly, a lot of millennials have experienced this where you take on a job because you feel like it's what you're supposed to do. Right. But in the end, it's you have no passion for it. It's something yeah. you do because you feel like you're obligated to do it. And yeah. in the end, it ends up sucking the energy and life but, out of you. But isn't and- that... Isn't that life? I mean, if I went back to the story of the 19th century where, you know, where I spend a lot of my mental energy, uh, that's, you know, it's not like they went like, God, working in the coal mines is so... True. That but is, I that feel is like so true. So but I feel like millennials have been led to believe that there's <laughs> yeah, more yeah. for them out there. And I feel like the that they're not satisfied by that. There's that's more that they can the- be artistically... Fulfilled in addition to being yeah. financially Yeah, I feel supported. like they've been so, lied to. What is the unique challenge to the, the Me Too conversation that is brought about by theater? Hmm. Good question. What do, you, what do you think, Maggie? Well, I mean, like I said, I think that there is a sort of an idea of the, the physical body and what you're willing to do and what... Mm-hmm. Right, because people come to their acting career. It's the live with theater. What I mean, theater is live. We, exactly. We're dealing it's with the body right in space, now, right? You're dealing with exactly what you are, whether you're feeling it based on the context of the play or you're just feeling it based on the context of your own personal emotion. However you're getting to that place, like you are putting that real emotion out on the stage. And because things are a little bit more charged that way, like I feel like it's different than like, oh, we all work at corporate Kinkos in which we like show up in a suit and we act a certain way. Like you have to act the entire gambit of the human emotion. So things are way more charged and way more real in terms of the fact that things happen person to person in terms of people's interactions that are, that are, they're not as stagnant as they would be in a corporate environment in which there are a very clear set of rules that people have to adhere by. Like people just express everything. And so you get everything that comes along Mm. with that. Mm -hmm. I -hmm. think honestly, like there is, I I can't think of a career that requires people to be more vulnerable than being an actor. I think that people are, are open emotionally and that's why it feels so, so hard when you are turned down for jobs and you are turned down mm-hmm. for things is because you are putting yourself out there emotionally. And rather mm-hmm. than thinking I'm not good enough at this job, it tends to feel more like I'm not good enough as a person. Right. And so when you are in rehearsals and you are working with a person who doesn't respect you as respect your your physical boundaries and mm-hmm. and treats you maybe using the excuse of of theater and the play, which a lot yeah. of plays honestly deal with very dark substance. I mean they. Mm-hmm. They force you to go to places that you wouldn't go to as in your normal day-to-day life. Sure. And when you are working with a team that doesn't support you through that, it, it's it's awful. <clears throat> it's and icky. I think it's inc- yeah. Yeah, extremely right. important that you have an artistic director that supports you and recognizes the situation and the vulnerability of the people mm-hmm. that are on stage and a director that respects that as well and, and will go have, out of their way to make sure that you feel comfortable and safe. Yeah, because have you, you have you followed the the James Franco allegations? Yes, I like have. I think that's like a real standard. It's, it's so hard. As, okay. as a fan a, of Freaks and Geeks, it's really it's Give me a this, recap. Give me a recap. Okay. Well, some of go the ahead. younger women who Okay, so he ran an acting studio <laughs> and it just sounds Did you totally, just smoke weed and lay on the floor? <laughs> Basically, no. It's more Sounds evil right. than that. No, Uh-oh. it's more manipulative. Allegedly, okay. Uh, like it. It's so dark because he he opens this acting studio and then it's like all the scenarios are about the young women doing sex scenes. In oh. fact, I think that was even an explicit thematic of the acting. Oh, and he no. would kind of push the envelope. Like so, once they signed on for. Oh. This is what I'll do. Then he would be like, and this. And then they felt very 
you know, like bad sports, if they were to say, like, oh, no, and he's kind of dating them. That's he's kind gross. Of, the yeah, thing is, is, I wish I could really say bad. I were shocked, but honestly, I think shocked. because because theater is an industry where people are su- are supposed to really strip themselves bare and yeah. allow mm-hmm. themselves to be vulnerable emotionally. That women feel like it is a necessity for them to be put through sure. these trials right. without looking at the situation in the larger picture and realize, okay, men aren't really going through this well, right now in theater. Right. Why are well, we? Why isn't it that we don't do this to men? Like we tell women, like you need to be stripped down emotionally, mm-hmm. which means you need to get rid of all of that whatever, schleff it off, Clothing. and then be <laughs> right, but then be vulnerable. Like why don't we do that to men? Well, in theater? I think it depends like, on. I think it depends on the teacher. I have had male classmates that have cried in class in college because they have been pushed to what they feel is the boundaries of what they feel comfortable with and it doesn't necessarily mean like they're forced to get naked or they're forced to do sex scenes like James Franco makes them do uh, supposedly but more that emotionally (laughs) it pushes them to the boundaries of what they feel comfortable with of of laying themselves bare of of the walls that we put up as human beings to sort of protect ourselves and to keep ourselves safe and to keep ourselves distanced from the things that can hurt us. Uh-huh. And I've I've seen men just as often as I've seen women honestly uh, break down like, because of that. Ew, because they crumble. feel like they are being pushed you, beyond what they feel comfortable with. Do you think that actually makes somebody a better actor? <laughs> I, I wish I knew. I just really honestly, don't think so. I, I, I honestly don't know. I think I, that I, every I think, I think so. that every person has something that works for them. Yeah. And whether that's in with regard to theater or with regard to relationships or with regard to, to anything. anything. I mean, people work differently. We're yeah. not just a universal cookie cutter shape right. that you can sort of format. And I think that people, some people respond really well to that sort of teaching and some people don't. And some people feel attacked and some people actually really hold on to that damage and hold on to it for a while i mean i i just want to say yeah i'm pretty sure that nobody in shakespeare's company ever had to have an emotional crisis in front of a group of people do you know that who knows (laughs) i don't have like direct videotape evidence but super uncomfortable about dressing up as women women. i'm gonna tell you i don't think that emotionally (laughs) (laughs) i'm just the same, way, masculinity. the same way I'm willing to make a leap that the sun is going to rise tomorrow, <laughs> I'm willing to make this leap to you that, that this wasn't part of the process. And it's just sort of right. inorganic and... and but is well, that sort of silly. part of our... It's so silly. Like this, we're sort of... <laughs> We're sort of reached a cultural cusp in which everything is superfluous, right? Like, we don't fight for anything that is necessary for living, right? Like, we fight hard for, like, oh, shit that privilege doesn't matter. woman. No, oh, I'm just saying, like, dude. that's fine. Call me privileged. I am. I live in Santa Barbara, <laughs> but, like, not in, like, the poor I mean, we? How big is the we that you're talking about? It's the royal we. The it's 3% we. America? It's just, it's just me. I'm just saying. Okay. okay. If you, there are people (laughs) who spend their entire lives who are privileged enough that they don't have to think about the basic stuff, right? So they're still being artists. I think listening is a big part. And I do think that by opening up your ears and listening to other people and letting other people speak about their experiences, and in theater right now, that's such a big, Mm -hmm. it's such a big thing, allowing Allowing women, allowing people well, like who to gets speak. to tell their story. Yeah, yes. Who's uh, story very are we nice hearing? Hamilton quote. <laughs> no, that's just, no, but it's true. It's true because I think that there so are true. certain things that we express in the theater that are that are universal across the human experience, regardless of if you're hearing it through my voice or if you're hearing it through Middle America's voice, if you're hearing it through Florida's voice, which you know, whatever. I don't. Yeah, want there to are listen stories to that deserve to be <laughs> told. Fine, you don't have to. There are stories that deserve to be told. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I think everybody has a story. And even so, if even you don't relate to that, like, I feel like there's something important to glean from it because it is a person putting on their expression, right? Yeah, I know. But sometimes it's so annoying. I mean, (laughs) well, yeah. It's like, I know your story. I've been subjected to your fucking story forever. And okay, I'm done. But I, I, I feel Here's like a question. Hamlet, why you know? To hire more minority <laughs> actors and playwrights and yeah. directors, to hire more and women to, to tell to different stories that maybe you haven't heard before, to yeah. hear their perspective because they deserve to be heard as much as anybody else. And I so think if that you're going to go and here. see or go and create 
a one person show uh, that we just gives talked about you, one people show. And we couldn't we didn't come <laughs> up with anything. Like what is the best one person show that uh, you can think of that really like is not self-serving and that you would see and be like what okay. would it be about? Maggie, I don't believe that one person shows are drama. Ah! Okay, tell me. Tell me more about this. Well, because there's no conflict, because it's just one person. Yeah, there's no, that's narrative. That's just storytelling, it's which just is storytelling. great. I mean, that's it's great. Exposition. Write the book. Go ahead. Yeah. Expose. Write a yeah, memoir. Go ahead. And yeah. then read it out loud to us because oh, we like that. Okay, no, you're right. You there's haven't no created any theater in, yet. You're right. Mm-hmm. There's no inherent conflict there. It's, well, just it's not like, just that there's no conflict, it's just there's no conversation. Right. There, there's no right. thing oh, that's going okay. back and forth. Interesting. It's just. So why do people keep doing one-person shows and because calling they're in the cheap? Because because money, because money, because money is Cause the that's, reason. Uh, okay, you know, twice all right. As much I will. Money. The fewer, will because as Mark said, profit down. is unpaid labor. So the fewer humans <sighs> you have to pay, the more money you make. How are you going to wreck your dress if you can't just get it full of seawater? Oh, I love the wreck your dress thing. That really changed we my world today. Right? Oh, the, the, not that this has anything to do Google with you. We were discussing shit. the creation of, of wreck your dress, and we don't know how it how it started. I think but it the started idea with bougie people, people with too much money. People spend thousands of Instagram. dollars on yeah. wedding dresses and end up wrecking them and having it's photographers, like professional photographers, yeah. come and it take pictures like not theater. as it's they wreck their thousands art. and thousands of dollars worth of an That's investment right. by, right. in our case, having somebody uh, spray fake blood on them, which whoever you are, you came to see Evil Dead yeah. a few yeah. years ago out yeah. of the box theater company you production. Win. You wore your wedding dress. Or I have told this story to many people and you pretty much are a legend. A legend. <laughs> the legend in your own time. That's cool. The legend. I don't know where we've been with this conversation with Samantha. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. We've been to the aquarium. We've been where we started. Because uh, <laughs> he knew that the, he had 40 minutes to kill. This is the secret podcast that yeah. everyone needs a special code to I know. To listen to. To get- <laughs> Maggie, let's. Thanks, Samantha Eve. Thank, Thank you, Samantha Eve. Thank her, you for, for having me <laughs> for her Aquarian vibes. Aquarius, no Aquarius, guys. Signing off, ladies. Bye. 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 Well, thank you, Maggie. Well, thank you. I had a lot of fun with Samantha and Ken. Indeed, and Bonnie. Thank you, Bonnie and Ken. Thank you, Samantha Eve. And thanks to our producer. David Paris. David Paris. And music by Miles Austin. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We're there. All right. We're all there. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.